Today we're going to conclude looking at the book of Acts. Um, it's been a series which has, has led off after Pentecost Sunday. We've been, we've been looking at what Jesus has been continuing to teach his disciples through the Spirit of God, uh, continuing to teach them about how to fulfill the Great Commission of making disciples of all people. I've asked some people via social media what they've been learning about the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. And there's been a few comments, things like the Spirit of God acts without our permission. He he acts and he actually doesn't ask us if, if it's okay. He he will go about what he wants to do and we are encouraged to either come along or um, we'll have to stay behind. When the church prays together, the Holy Spirit shakes things up and we've seen that in countless times through the book of Acts. Um, Another person said, we've knocked, the door's been opened, the Spirit of God is with us, um, and wonderful things have happened that are unexpected. I think that's true in our church. We've, things have happened in, in remarkable ways. And God works miracles through the power of the Holy Spirit in my everyday life. Indeed, that's true. If we can only see with eyes of faith. The thing I like about this passage today in Acts 13 and 14 is I believe this is the, the very first time that the, the church has intentionally acted to fulfill the Great Commission. In all the chapters beforehand, we, we see the, the Spirit of God um, almost dragging the church over these barriers. Um, and we've seen the greatest barrier between the Jew and the Gentile, which Brad spoke about last week. Um, you know, the fact that... Um, these people had gone out, the, the church had been scattered because of persecution and there's all these unauthorised um, evangelism. And there in Antioch, we see something remarkable happen, that even Gentiles are, are welcomed into the kingdom of God. And so, as Brad said, they had to send some of the heavies from Jerusalem, uh, Barnabas, to check things out. And when Barnabas looked and saw what had happened, he said, surely this is the work of the Holy Spirit in just the same way. And so he like Brad suggested, said, went over and got Paul, and there they were working in this church in Antioch. And the, with, the church, um, with the church started by these scattered believers, um, we see things, remarkable things happening. And I just love how the, the, this church was um, established, not in, it was in a unique way. And it was done by people who didn't know any better but to share the gospel message to others and to welcome people into this community. It was, it was truly a community. And uh, you can read about how Barnabas goes and gets Paul in Acts chapter 11, verses 9 and 26. Let me read it for you. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed travelled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus and Antioch, spreading the word among the Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the kingdom, about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem and they sent Barnabas to Antioch and they, they when they arrived he saw what he saw what the grace of God had done 
he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found them, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were first called Christians first in Antioch. Now, I believe that the church here in Antioch was the most important church of the first two centuries in, in that Christian era. Not only was the, it wasn't just that they were called Christians there first, but because they commenced a, a concept, an, an idea to send people out on mission for the sake of the kingdom of God, for the sake of Jesus. Where the Jerusalem church had to have persecution happen to cause them to scatter, to move beyond their homes into the world to make disciples, um, like Jesus had commanded them, the church here in Antioch, prompted by the Holy Spirit, sent their most valuable two people, Paul and Barnabas. Now let's have a think about this. If, if the church wanted to build up their, their church, the, the Antioch, they wanted to have a, a huge uh, a number of people come into their church. If they want, they could have been the, the Hillsong of Antioch, couldn't they? The, the big mega church, because there they had Paul and Barnabas and they had these other people filled with the Holy Spirit. They could have been the best church in the world. But what is hard to believe is that this church sat praying, listening to the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God told them to send Paul and Barnabas out on mission. I mean, Paul and Barnabas, surely they could have sent the number three and number four person. Why would the two most significant people, the strongest people in that church, who, who had a, a huge chance to, to lead and influence this church, why would they send those two out? Well, they, they recognised what the Holy Spirit was doing. And I think we're all so glad, so glad to see that they did do this. Because what happened was that there was all these churches planted all around um, uh, Turkey and, and, and that part of Eastern Europe, um, what we call today uh, Turkey. Um, and we see these churches planted and the message proclaimed and the, the gospel spread and the wonderful wonderful thing is that they did this intentionally in 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 um, obedience to the spirit of god if you went to the church in jerusalem today there's plenty of churches to choose from but uh, let's say that the church of the holy sepulchre the, the place where um, supposedly the, the resurrection of jesus happened if, if you went to that church today, you, you'd see grandeur and uh, beauty. Um, you would see uh, smells and bells and, and remarkable things happening. People from all around the world go to that church to see that today. But you know what? No one goes to see the church in Antioch. Um, the church in Antioch today really could be a, 
think there are some caves there where, where there could have been a could have been a church and there's some ruins there which could have been a church but today you go there and you find ruins and the one thing i love about the church at antioch is they poured into the kingdom of god everything they had they didn't hold back anything um, and if you give me the choice of do you want to be involved in the church at antioch or do you want to be involved in the church at jerusalem I think I'd go with the church at, well, the safe option is to go with the Jerusalem church, of course. But the Antioch church, where we have people there aware and mindful of the Spirit of God and prepared to risk everything, that would be frightening, but boy, it'd be exciting. Imagine how it changed things if, uh, if we said, right, we're going to send our best, best and brightest people out of Penrith Baptist Church in 12 months' time. We're going we're gonna to send them off to do mission work. And, and actually, we might start sending every year. We might look for the, the best and brightest that God wants to send out from Penrith Baptist. Could you imagine what would happen? Um, I mean, what would it be if the church asked you to be the ones who are going to be sent out. There's a couple of uh, responses that we could. We could, uh, we could uh, argue that the, the, the Moses idea, oh, I can't speak, you know, I just have trouble speaking anything, Lord. Don't send me because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not really articulate and I, I I just don't have what it takes. I don't know enough to do it. But what happens if the Spirit of God says you're going to go? You could use the the Jonah uh, example. Um, okay, Lord, you 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 want me to go? Okay. I'm on the first train the opposite way. I'm not going to go that way. I'm going that way. So I'm going to run that way. We know how it worked out for Jonah. But I reckon Philip. Do you remember Philip? Um, early church in Acts. Um, he went, and, he went uh, remarkably and uh, told this Ethiopian guy about about Jesus and baptizing him and he sort of almost lifted up and swooshed away by the Holy Spirit different places. Philip, um, he was one that was not really a, uh, an apostle. Um, he wasn't one of the sort of the, the head people, but he had passion, didn't he? Uh, he had gall, he had courage. Um, I reckon I would like to be like Philip. So what's going to stop you? What's going to stop you if the Spirit of God says, let me set apart you to send you out for the kingdom of God? I was thinking um, in preparing for this, <coughs> um, many people, many of us have got uh, uh, trades or uh, maybe you have a profession. Um, it probably takes about four years for you to learn that profession, to learn that trade. Um, 
But just think about how long you've been in the church, how long you've been a part of this church, or how long you've been following Jesus. When do you imagine you'll be ready? Uh, four years? Uh, Forty years? I think most of our churches have been preparing people to come and sit on a seat on a Sunday. Um, we're training people, and actually that's what we want. We want to make sure that people come every week, actually, and come and sit on a seat. And we will we'll make sure that we have a service that is palatable, that, that you'll enjoy and you'll give. Uh, you know, I think we've been training people to come and sit on seats. But perhaps what we need to be doing is training people to be sent, to go out. Wouldn't it be wonderful if a few people in our church come along and said, I think God wants me to do something new, something something new for the kingdom. Um, and so I want you as elders to help discern with us um, what it is, because I think God wants some, us to do something new. We've been sitting here for long enough. We've enjoyed this time. We love the people. But we are just thinking that God wants us to do something new. That's exciting. That would be remarkable. We, want, we don't want to prepare people to come and sit. We want to prepare people to come so they can go. Churches who prepare people to go, you might think, well, boy, they'd have no one left, would they? But it's just the exact opposite. It's actually, people come because there's a sense of passion, there's, there's a sense of purpose where faith and trust and hope is, is all realised. You know, there is nothing mundane about that. But when people come to church to sit, well, it doesn't matter where we, whether we sit in a church or at home or a lounge, um, because it really just doesn't matter because there is no passion, there is no purpose if we don't if we don't foster that in our lives. So my hope and my prayer is that uh, particularly in this lockdown period, we might have some time of uh, sober reflection the Bible talks about. We might have some time when we uh, be prayerful and mindful of what the Spirit of God would have us do. Is your only role in, in the part of the kingdom of God is to come and to sit on a seat, to perhaps bring something along that you can help out with, but and then to give a bit of money, or is your is your passion to see something remarkable happen for Jesus' sake, for His kingdom's sake, as the Spirit of God inspires us and we're open to it. So let's pray, and uh, as we conclude this time together. And Lord, we, we all love safe, we all love control, we all love to have a sense of uh, uh, security in our life. We love the little comforts that we can have every day. We, 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 we place them as a different part in, it, in our day so that we might uh, enjoy, find joy in every day. But Lord, I'm going to ask that you would um, break into our comfort 
that you challenge us. Lord, that uh, we may actually see that we're called to go and not just come and sit. Lord, we want to be a church that is like the church at Antioch, which intentionally and purposely goes out and, and, and builds your kingdoms for your kingdom's sake. We want to see many disciples. Lord, may our love for you, our love for each other, and our desire be to make disciples who follow, learn from, and obey Jesus. Lord, help that to be our passion. <clears throat> help that to be our purpose. May that be our inspiration. Lord, as we seek to live a life that is glorifying to you, Lord, I pray that we'd leave behind any sense of, any sense of, uh, of just comfort uh, for our sake and that we may seek to live life for your kingdom's sake. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.